0: Welcome, everyone, to Monday Match Analysis. I'm Gil Gross, and it is time to preview the 2021 French Open. What a time it is to be alive. Rafael Nadal goes for his 21st overall major. An attempt to pass Roger Federer could be very, very historic. It would also be his 14th RG title. That would tie Pete Sampras. I don't know if if anybody has considered that, but that's also kind of a thing. Uh, Novak Djokovic looks to stop it. Tsitsipas has risen. Dominic Thiem looks to find himself. So many tremendous storylines. If you're new to the channel, what I do here is I go quarter by quarter. And I give you a dark horse. I give you an upset alert. I give you an early popcorn match. I tell you what I believe the quarterfinal match will be. And I, I of course, tell you who I think will uh, win the quarter, move on to the semifinals. Final weekend prediction will come at the end. But I also am changing something. I want to add something to my game, so to speak, uh, which is that I think if you're seated, you deserve a mention. So before I go to all the rest of the stuff in the quarter, I'm just going to mention everyone who's seated and kind of let you guys know... Uh, Hopefully I'm pretty concise. I'll tell you where I stand on them. So I'm always trying to raise the bar and I'm going to kind of add that to the game. Um, In between the second, I'm going to do the first two quarters. But before I do the third quarter, uh, which is uh, team's quarter, I want to talk about the fact that Nadal... Djokovic and Federer are in the same half. I think it's more important that Nadal and Djokovic are in the same half because those are the contenders to win the title. Uh, I have an opinion. I have an opinion on the fact that they are on the same half, and I don't think it's an opinion you will have heard anywhere else. So you can agree with me. You can disagree with me on it, but I do think it's a unique opinion. I haven't seen it anywhere else, and I truly believe it. So make sure uh, you stay for that. There's the thumbnail. Beautiful Philippe Chatrier. Um, I'm excited for, for this year's French Open. I'm excited for the night sessions. I am excited uh, for the second year of the roof. Hopefully we get some crowd. Uh, you know, in one way, this feels more normal than last year. It's in its normal spot, although postponed one week. But we had this this lead up. To, to the event, which is obviously what you want in an ideal world. But it still looks like the crowds will be sparse in Paris. Oh, well, um, have to wait till next year. Good news, Cincinnati, full capacity for Cincinnati. And I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to getting more and more news from the tournaments that resemble that. Um, all right, let's start with Novak Djokovic's quarter. Top seeds, Djokovic, Federer, Berrettini, Gaffan, FAA, Alex Dimitrov, Hubert Humber, and Taylor Fritz. So again, I want to uh, I want to go through all of these guys. Hit on them real quick. Um, Novak Djokovic. My deal on him is this: um, you will never hear me ever say a negative word about Novak Djokovic on clay from 2011 to 2016. He was clearly the number two player in the world on clay, if not the number one player in the world if you talk about 2015 and 16, uh, during that stretch. And I would never slander that version of Klay Djokovic. I think since then, he has not distanced himself at number two. It's been murky since then at number two. Between your Dominic teams and now your Stefano Tsitsipas, I think it's been a little bit murky. Okay, and more on that later. Uh, Defense, consistency remain exceptional, but the offense falls off just a little bit due to decreased serve and forehand effectiveness. Maybe it goes back to to the fact that it's post-elbow surgery. The kick serve... And the the heaviness of the forehand has just gone down a little bit. The Rome form was very, very encouraging. I thought that he sustained offense and he hit his forehand, as well as I've seen him do so on clay, probably uh, since the the 2019 season, at least. With that being said, he generally does a little bit better in Rome. He looks better in Rome than he does in Paris. He has 11 Rome finals, 5 French Open finals. Uh, He's obviously... Class over 99% of the players in the draw, and even when opponents can equal him in skill, his mental toughness can often help him overcome those opponents that are his equal. So I do believe Clay is his worst surface, but he is still uh, in the mix for that number two player in the draw, and um, I more on more on him later. Roger Federer, one and two in 2021, at no point has he looked comf- comfortable. Ivan Lubacic, his his coach has pointed to fitness. So best of 5 on clay is a big question mark for Roger. Impressive in his 2019 semifinal run, but still I'm not expecting much. Matteo Berrettini, Madrid finalist, but I never put too much weight into that corner into that tournament. Uh, Belgrade champion coming off the ab injury that he sustained in Australia. Overall, very impressive clay season and very impressive 2021 for Berrettini. His serve and his forehand dominance translate very nicely to clay. He looks to be back to his 2019 form when he went 12-4 on the surface and ultimately fell to Casper Rude at the French. With all that said, Matteo not quite an all-court player. Great returners who can find his backhand with frequency can beat him. David Gafan is for 14 and 11 in 2021. He's equally as good on all three surfaces. One Roland Garros quarterfinal to his name. Um, after beating Zverev in Monte Carlo, that was a good win. Hasn't looked all that convincing, and I'm not really expecting much, even if he gets through his tough round one against Lorenzo Massetti. FAA. Fair to say Uncle Tony hasn't made an immediate difference. His last two losses are to Delbonis and Massetti. Has never won a French Open main draw match. Friendly round one opponent in Andrea Seppi. Probably one of the worst players in the field of, of 128. And I, I guess he's in using a protected ranking spot. Um... Because I don't think his ranking would get him in. But FAA doesn't appear to be ready for a long run in this tournament. Alex Minaur, not a top 30 player in the world on clay. 5-15 and 15 tour level on the surface. Lost round one Monte Carlo in Rome. Um, Hugo Umber, 1-5 on the clay this season. It's his least favorite surface by far. He's kind of a non-factor. Taylor Fritz is coming off of a third round last year. Friendly draw. Hard to see him doing much better than that this year. So overall, my thoughts on this quarter is the following. You have a lot of weak seeds in this quarter. I don't think that there's any denying that. A lot of seeds uh, that happen to not like to play on clay. And of course, the eight-seed fetter, that's the seed that if you're a top four seed, you're hoping that that is opposite, you, you know, your up four. Or excuse me, your five through eight. So, uh, a lot of things that Novak Djokovic should probably like. Uh, with that being said, there are some unseeded players in this quarter that I really like. So let me reveal the rest of the preview for this section of the draw. Uh, we will begin with the quarterfinal. I have Djokovic uh, defeating Matteo Berrettini. As I said with Berrettini, I think he's he's really really tough to beat. But Novak, being the world class returner he is. Uh, featuring the the tremendous ability to redirect pace and the precision from the baseline. He's just the kind of player that can get into baseline rallies with Berrettini and find his backhand. One meeting between these players' uh, career, I checked the head-to-head because I expected it to be very favorable in favor of Djokovic. They've played one time. It was the 2019 ATP Tour Finals in London, and Berrettini won three games. Completely different conditions, but still says a little bit. Uh, so Djokovic through Berrettini. I do think Berrettini will make the quarter. Uh, my dark horse is Marco Cecchinato. Now, of course, uh, everyone remembers that Cecchinato beat Djokovic in the 2018 French Open. And remember, Novak won Wimbledon a couple weeks later. So this was a pretty good version of Djokovic. He had a good Rome that year as well. Um, so... That was a good win. That was a good win. Uh, Cecchinato kind of was a, a bit of a flash in the pan. He's a good clay court player. Hasn't been able to do much, but I actually think that he's got a great chance here um, to, to go deep again. And that is due to the fact that I have David Gaffan on upset alert. Lorenzo Musetti uh, is who he plays in the first round. And Musetti is a very dangerous player, especially When the ball's not coming too fast, when the ball's not coming too hard, I've seen Massetti get overpowered at the tour level many, many times in his young career, but a player like Gafan is not going to overpower anyone. Massetti's going to have a lot more time to set up, and uh, I figure that it's going to be a really favorable matchup for the young Italian. I I make him a slight favorite against Gafan in that matchup. So upset alert is David Gafan. I fancy uh Massetti, which probably means that Djokovic will end up playing either Marco Cecconato or Lorenzo Massetti. I'm gonna go with Cecconato here. Um Lastly, early popcorn. Look at that; it's Gafan and Massetti. So I guess I've covered this uh, this quarter pretty well. Berrettini does have a, a nice little section here as well. I think that I think that he should be pretty happy. Um, we'll see how far Federer gets. I mean, it's a uh, I I don't have a strong opinion on it. I think that Roger should be pretty pleased. Um, where is he? There he is. Um, yeah, I mean, Dennis Isteman in the first round, probably Marin Cilic in the second round. I have not playing Taylor Fritz in the third round. Um, ultimately, I guess he loses to Berrettini in the round of 16. But yeah, I have no strong opinion on Federer. I think if he gets a couple of wins, uh, that'll be a successful tournament. But I don't think he's a factor to win the quarter. Um, and I think you got to be pretty happy if you're Matteo Berrettini. Um You know, maybe he plays Feliciano Lopez. I have him taking on Kevin Anderson. I don't know how healthy Kevin Anderson is. Hasn't played since uh since Miami, I don't think. Um so yeah, that's that quarter. All right, let us move on to Rafael Nadal's quarter. The seeds are Andre Rublev, Diego Schwartzman, Gail Monfils, Yannick Sinner, Aslan Karatsev, Lorenzo Sinego, and Nicolas Basilashvili run through these guys. Nadal. All right. Rome and Barcelona champion. A few points could have gone the other way, and maybe we could be looking at Nadal heading into Roland Garros with zero clay court titles. But that is not how the cookie crumbled. Uh, He comes away with two titles, a very impressive performance, probably his best match of, uh, of the season against Novak Djokovic in the Rome final. That's how you like to end it if you are Rafael Nadal. Going for Roland Garros, number 14, 21st major, as I said at the top. Uh, They've already made a statue for him at RG, so so that tells you kind of everything you need to know. Uh, Struggled with his serve until the Rome final, but the ground game really just got better and better until it got to a point where it looked pretty dynamite, so not much else to say on Nadal. Andre Rublev made the quarterfinal last year, was dispatched pretty easily by Stefano Tsitsipas, had a monster Monte Carlo, took out Nadal and Rude before losing to Steph, uh, but did suffer disappointing losses to Sinner, Isner, and Sinego thereafter. His serve effectiveness just looks a little bit diminished to me on this surface. Has a good flat serve, but It's just not doing as much damage as he'd like. He can't overwhelm with pace like he can on the other surfaces. Rublev has now made three straight Grand Slam quarterfinals, and I think he has a chance to do that again, but I don't see him getting a step further here. Diego Schwartzman in horrific form, ladies and gentlemen. Two and five clay court season, um, or excuse me, European clay season, because he did win... uh, win one of the tournaments in the Golden Swing. I'm forgetting exactly what, maybe Cordoba or something. Uh, some tough draws, definitely, but I mean, he just lost to Richard Gasquet and Lyon. Can't happen if you're Diego Schwartzman. So ultimately, extremely unlikely to defend last year's semifinal points. He does get to play world number 679, Yen Shen Lu, Randy Lu in the first round. So that's good for him. Uh, but other than that, I don't have much positive to say, Unfortunately. Gael Monfils hasn't been good ever since the pandemic pause. He's 1-5 in five overall in 2021. Uh, needs to find confidence. He he doesn't look like himself out there and won't get any help with the draw of Albert Ramos-Vinolas in the first round. Yannick Sinner, clearly a danger. Top 10 in my French Open power rankings. Hits through the clay with ease. Both wings. Gets away with the underpowered serve by breaking serve very often. Uh, his return is excellent. Not often talked about, but really a great returner on this surface. Uh, He's been slammed with awful draws. Shapovalov first round in Australia, and he was tired in that round one as well. Djokovic round two in Monte Carlo. Nadal round two in Rome. Uh, And once again, he's in Nadal's section, which, which stinks for Ionic Center. Tough break for him. Plays uh, pierre Ugar- Herbert, who hasn't lost round one at the French since 2016, but still looks likely, Sinner does, to earn another match with Rafa. They know each other really well by now. Aslan Karatsev, decent clay season. One major highlight, of course, was beating Novak Djokovic in Belgrade. Uh, but you compare his 16-3 record on hard court in 2021 with his 8-5 and record on clay court. Hmm. Uh, extremely favorable section, should be more like a 10 seed than a 24. So Karatsev is another guy under in this section, just like Sinner, uh, and he did beat Andrei Rublev in their only meeting. Remember, Nadal is not going to have to play both of them. He's only going to have to play one of them. So, you know, to say Nadal is Rublev and Nadal is Karatsev and Nadal is Basilev, no, it's not how it works, right? So keep that in mind. Lorenzo Sinego, that is someone in Nadal's eighth. Um, Ever since he beat Novak as a lucky loser in Vienna, he's been good. He's backed it up. Made the fourth round of the French last year. Raises his level in big moments. Fringe top 15 player in the field with a very wide range of outcomes. I think that Senego is a player who can play really well and poorly as well. Uh, You do wonder about burnout. Exerted a lot of energy recently, although he did lose round one in Parma. Uh, Nicholas Basileshvili, effort has been extremely inconsistent this year. He has two titles and eight first-round defeats. Can't trust him to go deep. But Andre Rublev probably doesn't want to see him round three. They've played a lot of close matches. Two-to-two head-to-head between Basilishvili and Rublev. All right, great reveal. Rest of the quarter. Boom, quarterfinal. Nadal defeats... Aslan Karatsev, who I do think can uh, has a good chance to take out Andrei Rublev. When I think about that matchup, I just think about Rublev's ability to protect the second serve, and most of the time when Andrei Rublev loses a match, it's because his opponent really exploits that second serve, and Karatsev is so adept at the aggressive, uh, early, on-the-rise second serve returns, on especially on the backhand, that I, uh, I really see Rublev getting exploited there, which is why I, I put Karatsev forward. Um, that'd be fun to watch a, a Nadal-Karatsev quarterfinal. My dark horse is Cam Nori, who has been um, fantastic this season on the clay. 14-4 record on the dirt. Two titles. Impeccable shot tolerance. Tough, tough player. Uh, great output when it comes to effort, knows exactly how he wants to play, and now he just has the confidence that it's enough to beat strong opponents. So I think that Nori does get to Rafa Nadal. Obviously, that's a, a tough task. Upset alert is Diego Schwartzman. I just don't see him getting out of this slump right now. Um, who does he play first round? Let me get that for you. Uh, oh, right, Yen Shen Lu, I actually said that. But uh, Bedene likely in the second round, assuming he beats Manorino. And uh, I have Bedene coming through, Diego Schwartzman. He's just not looking as good as he needs to. Early popcorn match, Sinner versus Air Bear round one. I mentioned that match before. Air uh, Bear always plays well here, and he's really fun to watch as well. Um, so that should be a good one in front of the French crowd. Um, let's just address Rafa's path. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. Uh look, drawing Sinner is tough. You you don't want to draw Center. It's not great. Um he's kind of a, a, a bombshell player who I nobody wants to see him, believe me, as their 18 seed. It's kind of unfair. Um but uh Rafa plays Popperin, plays Gas K, plays Cam Nori, then he plays Yannick Center. It's going to be a tough test. The you know, that's uh with that being said, Nadal Knows exactly what he's getting in Yannick, and I think he he respects him. He's not going to be caught off guard. He knows exactly what he needs to do. Um, he's going to get into rallies because Sinner doesn't can't really serve him off the court. And yeah, it's going to be a good match. But I don't think it's like I don't think Nadal was panicking about it by no means. And then Karatsev in in the quarterfinal, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. I know there are a lot of really great players in this quarter. There are uh, dangerous players: Sinego's dangerous, and Basilashvili and Karatsev, and yeah, the, uh, these are a lot of good players. But they're they're not Nadal's eighth, so they're going to play each other and beat each other. Nadal doesn't need to go through every one. Um, so more on this. Let me take a second to address what has been um, you know talked about a lot at length, which is that Nadal and and Feder and. Djokovic are in the same half. And I'm going to discount Federer here because I don't think he's going to actually go deep and force that quarterfinal matchup with Djokovic. But let's just talk about Nadal and Djokovic being on the same half. And a lot of people said, oh, you know, Nadal should have been a one or a two seed. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if you're going to do that, though, you have to commit to it. You can't do a one-time thing. And obviously, if we were going off of merit, Nadal's the one seed here. He's the favorite. He's the one seed. But if you're going to go off-ranking and if you're going to look at, well, how did this shake out? Here's how it shaked out. You had a 1-4 in chance here of winning the lottery and getting Medvedev's half. One player was going to get Medvedev's half. After that, it's all the same. You cannot say that Novak Djokovic is that much more threatening than Stefano Tsitsipas that it's like some big disadvantage for Nadal to have to play Djokovic in the semifinal, and then potentially play Tsitsipas. I'm just not buying that. They're too close. If you're going to split these up into tiers, and some of you will, will say, well, Djokovic is more dangerous than Tsitsipas. Others of you will say, actually, no, Tsitsipas is more dangerous than Djokovic on clay, specifically on clay and only on clay. Some of you might say that, right? Well, regardless Not here to have that argument. Not here to have that debate. They're in the same tier. They are in the same tier. Stefano Tsitsipas is coming off of a... He just beat Nadal best of five in Australia. He served for the match in Barcelona. He went five sets with Djokovic at Roland Garros. What more do you need to see? He's right there. Right there. Novak Djokovic, as I said at the top, I don't think he's he's just distanced himself as the clear number two when, when you know, team give him, gives him a five-set match in the semifinals. Tsitsipas gives him a five-set match in the semifinals. And I think that's what we can expect to see. It's his worst surface now. It is. Um, So I actually think Nadal should be happy to see Djokovic in the semifinals. Here's why. If you're going to play Stefano Tsitsipas, you want to play him in a major final. He's never been there. That's going to be the knock on him. The knock on him is, is he going to be able to handle a moment if he gets there? And would Nadal rather play Pass in a semifinal or a final? A final! A final! You don't know how Stefanos, who's never been there, is going to handle that moment. And there's a good chance not so well. Seriously, there's a great chance. That's what we've seen out of all of these guys. Team didn't handle it well. Zverev didn't handle it well. Um, In, in their respective first trips to the major finals. Yes, team was technically outclassed as well. Um, It would be completely reasonable to expect that you get a less dangerous version of Stefano Tsitsipas in the final than you would in the semifinal. So I think Nadal should be pleased. I don't think he's thinking about that. But from an analysis perspective, I think it's advantageous. For him to play Djokovic, who's never gonna be overwhelmed by a moment. It doesn't matter when you play him in the final and semifinal. It's gonna be the same Novak Djokovic, seriously. Versus Tsitsipas, you're gonna get a more relaxed version of him if you play him before the final. He's not gonna be relaxed playing his first major final. We saw it just a couple months ago in Miami. Wasn't relaxed playing that Masters final. Looked better in Monte Carlo. That's my th- that's my thing. All right, let's move on. Dominic teams quarter top seeds. Team, Alexander Zverev, uh, Roberto Bautista Agut, Casper Ruud, Hubert Hurkacz, Karen Hatchinov, Dan Evans, Fabio Fanini. Quick sip of coffee for me. All right. Dominic Team. Was actually impressive in his return. Made the Madrid Madrid semis when I don't think anyone was expecting much of him. But since then, he's lost two out of his last three matches. Got killed by Nori in Lyon. I don't know why he even played the event. Not looking right mentally. Looking a bit frail physically, both in the legs and the hand blisters. All just signs of a player who hasn't played enough matches. To me, there's still time for Team to find his form in time for difficult matches in Paris. You get... You know, he's gotten a week to hit the practice courts. Maybe a couple of of wins against lower-ranked opponents can really help him find his stride. But ultimately, while I acknowledge that's a possibility, I don't anticipate it happening. He's someone who thrives off of confidence, the confidence to go for huge shots in the biggest spots. And he's someone who doesn't handle fatigue very well either, which means that if his fitness is at all compromised, it's not going to be good when somebody... Kind of brings him into the trenches, so I don't see Team as a great candidate to find his form at a rapid pace. Alexander Zverev won Madrid, uh, but a four and three loss record on clay outside of that run is not overly encouraging and Madrid is not a tournament that you want to put tons of weight into when you uh project French Open results. Zverev is quietly having a very inconsistent season, lots of bad losses masked by a couple of great results, but he's no longer getting upset at Grand Slams. He's made 5 straight fourth rounds or better. Zverev doesn't use his transition game as much as I think he should on clay. He falls into overly passive habits too often. He did that against, uh, against Yannick Sinner last year. Lost that match. Said he was sick, but I thought the tactics were terrible. And I think he's still prone to doing that on the surface for some reason. When he is using his entire arsenal, he's very hard to beat. But I would critique Zverev. I would say, you know... He's kind of flipping the, the switch on and off and on and off and on and off. And I don't love that. That could come back to bite him. Um, and ultimately, I still question his his nerves. Uh, if he can go really deep in this tournament. His nerve management. RBA. Uh, Roberto Batista, Agut, flat hitter. Trouble with the high balls. It makes clay RBA's worst surface. He's always going to be decent, but never great in Paris. Casper Ka- Rude. Has made three straight clay Masters semifinals. He's got a 15-4 record on the surface in 2021. Made the fourth round in Australia. That was his best result in the major. He is 10th in the race to Turin. If you have not noticed Ruud, notice him right now. 22 years old. Finally, kind of physically mature enough to succeed in best of five. His confidence is also much higher than it's been when he was when he was younger. Uh, plays with the kind of net margin and the RPM that would make Nadal proud. And by the way, he's trained with Nadal extensively at his academy, really since the age of, of 19. He is the closest thing Rafael Nadal has to a protege, to a disciple. Rude is Far more threatening than his number fifteen seed says he is. Moving on to Hubie Hercot, one in three on the clay this season, one in three lifetime at Roland Garros in the Roland Garros in the main draw. Uh, he's more of a pace redirector, not much of a pace generator, and that just makes him not much of a threat here. Karen Hachinov quietly has done great in Paris, three round fours here and a quarterfinal since since 2017. Uh, time is money for Karen Hatchinoff And when he's got time to, uh, you know, take his big backswings and to, to kind of set up for his forehands and hit from stationary positions. That's when he's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, Given his overall game, I don't know, it probably seems more likely that he loses in round four or before than than he passes that marker. But still, Karen Hatchinov is someone who uh, you got to start to pay attention to in Paris just a little bit. Not a huge threat. Dan Evans. Monte Carlo is kind of an outlier when it comes to Evans' body of work on clay. He can't get to net as often as he'd like. His slice, both on the backhand and on the serve, is is not as damaging as he wants it to be. I'm not expecting a run out of the British number one. Fabio Fanini, still talented, but appears to be going in the wrong direction right now. His dangerous game is kind of offset by his tendency to lose focus at points during a match and during a tournament. Uh, His best result is a quarterfinal all the way back in 2011. He hasn't been back since then. All right, overall thoughts on this quarter. Um, I think that... I think it's a fairly intriguing one. You know, it's all about. I think it's it's somewhat wide open, and I think this is the the quarter that maybe we see a surprise at, and that is reflected in my prediction. Casper Ruud defeats Alexander Zverev in the quarterfinal. I do think Ruud will be a a trendy pick, a popular pick, especially to go through Dominic Team. Um, for Zverev, I'm just kind of punishing what I've seen as just selective intensity this season. Uh, I just question someone's ability to turn it on and turn it off, as I kind of said. Um, and I just don't know if we get the best version of Alexander Zverev. I do think if, if Zverev plays his best, it probably would be too much for Kasper. Um, I'm also kind of accounting for the the fact that, that Zverev is, um, to me, not, not a lock to get to that quarterfinal match. Not an absolute lock. Uh, Caspar Rude, I really do love him to to break out here. I think he's got a great baseline game um, on the clay with just, again, high margin offense coming from his forehand, Uh, good movement, Um, patience now. He used to not have patience, he also has patience. He hangs in rallies. Uh, he directs his backhand to set up the forehand really, really well. Goes down the line with his backhand now, uh, which was also uh, a challenge for him in the past. He, he's just ready. He's ready to make that breakthrough at the French. Uh, my dark horse is Kane Ishikori. Continues to play better and better and better. Had a real shot at beating Alexander Zverev in, in Rome. Um, kind of had that match won and, and didn't get it done. But it's likely he could get a rematch and, and another crack at that. Uh, Nishikori, always good, never great on clay, uh, kick serve a little bit under power. Actually, the whole game just lacks a little bit of power to hit through the clay, but is quite natural on it and, and plays fairly well. So he's my dark horse, most dangerous unseated player. I think Kay is just the guy to look for. Uh, Dominic team is on upset alert. Wouldn't be surprised if he survives, but I do think that he has... Uh, potentially some tough opponents here. Uh, Federico Delbonis uh, might be tired, but also has been playing some great tennis. Uh, Marton Fushevix, I think, is more likely to be his third-round opponent versus Fabio Fanini, uh, but we know that that's always a, a really good match. They played really tight in, in Rome. That went three sets. Fushevix probably should have won that match Uh, But ultimately, Kasparud, I think, takes down Dominic Team. Granted, that wouldn't be worthy of an upset alert, but I'm just kind of putting Team on upset alert because I'm not sure what we're going to get. He really hasn't looked himself, and I don't have, unfortunately, any early popcorn on this quarter. I I looked. There was just no match that I felt good about putting at uh, early popcorn. Let's see. Are we ready? Are we ready to move on? Yes, we are. Let us go to Daniil Medvedev's quarter. Unfortunately, the two seed. But I do have a thing on Medvedev that I want to get into here. So top seeds, Medvedev Tsitsipas, PCB, Grigor Dimitrov, Milos Raonic, Christian Godin, John Isner, and Riley Opelka. Let's go through these guys. All right, the, the, the reality with Daniil Medvedev, he hasn't put forth his best effort this clay court season. He's never won a match at Roland Garros, um, but he did have strong clay results in 2019. Made the final at Barcelona, made the semifinal at Monte Carlo. If Medvedev decides he wants to win some matches here, you know, look for him. I would look for him to surprise some people. Literally, if you look at the the, the betting markets, he is plus money. So he is an underdog to make the fourth round. That is how low the market is on Daniil Medvedev. And I think he could prove people wrong when it comes to that uh, because he just needs to start trying. That's all. You know, his consistency, his rally tolerance, his shot tolerance, so to speak, that should be enough for him to win matches against a lot of players on clay. But he just needs to decide to use it. He's got to be willing to suffer. He's got to dig in, compete a little. That's what he's been unwilling to do. But as soon as he does that, I think he can, you know, make that fourth round, make that quarterfinal. Yes, he is technically limited from going beyond that point. You know, just doesn't create enough easy offense with his forehand and doesn't quite defend and move as well on the surface either. Uh, moving on to Stefano Tsitsipas, he is leading. The race to Turin, he is 16-3 and three on clay with his only losses coming in to Nadal, Ruud, and Djokovic. Returning numbers skyrocket in these slower conditions when he can move back, hit through the return. It hides his greatest weakness at 22 years old. He's now as physical as anyone on tour, which is essential if he wants to go deep in this event. You did see his body kind of go out on him. At the end of uh, of his run in 2020 at the semifinals, he needs to try to avoid that. I think he's looking even more fit this year. He's got the total package, all in all. Never been to a major final, however, and has struggled with pressure in the past. So it's really the mental side of things that I think could limit him at the end of this tournament. But the questions are definitely mental and not physical. Pablo Carreno Busta withdrew from Rome. I'm not sure why. Couldn't find out why, so let's keep an eye on his health. He's a two-time French Open quarter finalist, two-time U.S. Open semifinalist, so he's always tougher to beat in the best of five. He is mentally tough as nails, um, and he had the best clay court lead-up of his career. If he's healthy, PCB is probably right for a run here. He probably feels really good about himself. And if he were in different quarters, I might pick him to make a run. Unfortunately, he has Pass, I think, just too strong, too good for him. Um, Grigor Dimitrov doesn't quite have the power to succeed on this surface. Three and four clay season usually wins a few matches in Paris because he's not terrible uh, and has a nice section, but I just think his ceiling is, is quite limited here. Uh, Milos Raonic has not played since Miami. Couldn't find out why. Not sure why. Uh, Maybe it's because he just wants to take a claycation. Uh, He has only been to the Roland Garros quarterfinals once and all signs point to his focus being on a couple weeks from now at the All-England Club. Christian Garin. Despite tons of success in smaller clay court events, many of them in South America, Garin has never played great in Paris. Um, His Mental can be fragile, and his offensive weapons aren't all that reliable. So most of his good results come at livelier conditions, altitude, where the ball flies through the air, and he controls the ball with his heavy topspin very nicely in those kinds of conditions. Paris is at sea level, so I don't fancy him quite as much. I think Guardian will be a trendy clay court pick. Personally, I don't see it. John Isner, the big American, has a 62% win rate in Paris, trails only the U.S. Open. Yes, it's his second best major. For a while, it looked like John was in the decline, but he's found some energy again in Madrid. Tsitsipas has won his last three matches pretty easily against Isner after losing his first two to the big American. So uh, it, it will likely be a third round clash uh, between Isner and Pass, but... As I just said, Stefanos has been able to handle that. So that's good news for the Greek. Lastly, Riley Opelka lost six consecutive matches before making a semifinal run in Rome confusing, honestly. His serve transcends surfaces. His potential is high, but it's hard to say which version of Riley shows up here. Uh, it's kind of a wait and see for me when it comes to Riley Opelka. Let's take a look at the rest of the predictions. My quarterfinal is Pass defeats Medvedev. Yes, that is my upset pick. Uh, the stunning, shocking pick is that Daniil Medvedev has been trolling everyone and is going to be sucked into the allure of of a grand slam and he is going to be the sneaky 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 person who he is he is going to actually put forth his best effort he is going to try he's going to stop complaining he's going to stop being a victim he's going to win some matches uh that is my bold prediction my upset pick is the two seed to the quarterfinal it is legitimately an upset pick i don't want to hear it It, you can you know that's an upset pick um it does concern me that he's got a pretty good first round opponent in Alexander Bublik. That is my popcorn match in the first round. I would I would encourage everyone to watch that match. I think it'll be highly entertaining. Uh Bublick is talented. He's good on the clay. Hits pretty heavy topspin on his uh on his forehand and hits really good second serves. It's a good server overall, but he's got a good kick serve. Uh, very aggressive, and lots of drop shots. Good weapon for Bublik, so like. Bublik's really, really good. So Medvedev is going to get tested right away. But if he's just... He's a lot more disciplined. Daniil's a lot more disciplined than Bublik. Let's see if he can actually use that or if Medvedev's just going to play Alexander's game. It is good for Medvedev that Bublik's not the best mover in the world. Good for his height, but not great. So maybe Medvedev can find some offense in that matchup, which he has trouble doing on the surface. Upset alert, Milos Raonic. Again, I think his head's elsewhere, and I don't know why he didn't put in any of the work. Right. He, he's just like a fish out of water on clay sometimes, but he's especially going to be a fish out of the water out of water if he doesn't put in the work and play these warm up events. Apologies if he's been injured, but I searched the Internet and I can't find anything on an injury. Um, dark horses are Bublik and Korda. Let me just throw this up on the screen again. Now, unfortunately, I don't have anyone who's unseated going deep into this quarter. I just don't have it. Um, and that's because both of my dark horses, both of my favorite unseated players, have terrible draws. Sebi Korda, who is in the final in Parma, which will be played tomorrow, which I don't even like because that makes him tired. Corda um, is really, really on the rise here. And I'm going to talk about him more in the future, but, but he's playing great ball. He's a great ball striker. And um, if he can... If he can add to his serve velocity and show that he has the, you know, the the fitness necessary to kind of withstand these majors, which he will very, very soon, he's still young, he's going to be a player. He's going to be the next number one American, and I think he's going to be the best American we've seen um, in, in quite a bit. Unfortunately, he draws Stefanos Tsitsipas, so he probably can't get through that. And Bublik has Medvedev in the first round, and I don't really think he gets through that. But look out for both of those players if they happen to pull off the miracle upset. They are my dark horses. So Tsitsipas defeats Medvedev. Here's my my path for Steph real quick. Um, on wait no, uh, Jeremy Shardy tough first round. Uh, Then he gets through Korda, then John Isner, then Pablo Carreno Busta, and then Daniil Medvedev. Uh, Tsitsipas won the lottery here. You know, everyone wants to be in Medvedev's quarter. Only one player was going to get that good fortune. It wasn't Nadal. It wasn't Djokovic. It was Tsitsipas. That was it. Um, So I don't think Nadal or Djokovic got unlucky. I don't think Nadal got unlucky. It's just one player was going to get lucky. The the rest we're gonna have the the three best players you know and obviously uh, pas will be thrilled that he has Medvedev's quarter right all right uh, final weekend again I will not litigate these matches in depth these are hypotheticals I will likely not go four for four here these matchups are likely not to happen hopefully I do well like I did in Rome. Um, but I'm not going to go in-depth analysis with matches that may or may not happen. Instead, I will preview the semifinals when we know what the semifinals will be. So here it is. Drumroll, please. Nadal defeats Djokovic in four sets in the first semi. Tsitsipas defeats Rude in three sets in the bottom half semi. And Nadal defeats Stefano Tsitsipas in four sets in the final. I think Stefanos is ready to take that next step. He's ready to make that major final. I don't think he would handle that moment very well. I think he needs to learn. I think he needs to feel that. He's never felt that. Um, it takes a very special player to handle that the first time you're there. I don't think Tsitsipas has that. Uh, so I I, I think there would be a learning curve there. Uh, in terms of Nadal and Djokovic, um, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, I, I, I think Nadal is, is, uh, still has a decided advantage on the surface, and I, uh, I have not seen a, a shifting of the tides there uh, or any signs of it, to be completely honest with you. Um, so that's that. Number 14 is my prediction for Nadal. Number 21, um, with that being said... Let's see uh, the the one knock on Nadal, which I didn't mention, is that he has been a little bit more erratic throughout his matches. So let's see what happens. Looking forward to it. Um, Expect a lot more coverage this year's Roland Garros. I have nothing but time on my hands. I'm going to be covering this tournament pretty much full time. So uh, I'm expecting to produce a lot of content. It's good news for everyone. Uh, Make sure to uh, subscribe so you don't miss all of that content. Definitely. Um, also, if you're into podcasts, make sure you're subscribed on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you next time.